Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Small Talk. We are going to continue our conversation tonight about what's happening in our country. Uh, Reggie and I, we actually teach people how to problem solve, uh, ironically enough. And so what we figured we would do tonight is that we would share the problem solving process that we travel around the nation or maybe sort of travel around the nation via uh, the Internet now, teaching people share it with you all. And this might give everyone a glimpse into this whole situation that we're looking at in our country from two different people's points of view. So that's kind of where we're heading uh, tonight. And of course, we always love it when you all contribute your thoughts as well. We had so many comments last time, well over a hundred. I think that that was fantastic. We also went like an hour and 47 minutes or something like that. So yeah, we ain't doing that tonight. I know, man. We said we weren't going to do it the last time either. I really don't want to do it tonight. Uh, we were both really, really tired before, but, uh, yeah, so we, uh, we do this show together. And so unlike a lot of those people out there doing shows that are just sitting there talking by themselves, you know, we hold each other accountable or we, we go back and forth with each other. And so I was listening to a show today where there's a, it's a national show. I'm not going to mention it, but, uh, the lady was sharing statistics on police shootings and whatnot. And I, I think it might even be cool to talk about some of those tonight, maybe to some degree, I don't know, but here's what I don't want from my white brothers and sisters. As you were, Pointing out statistics. Let me just start here. I, I hate to even say this because I'm not, I don't want to sound virtue signaling. I don't want to sound like I'm the word police because that that stuff makes me want to stick my finger down my throat. And I know the people are not necessarily coming at this with ill intentions, but I just kind of feel rubbed the wrong way when I hear my white brothers and sisters talk about statistics and ask the question, how big of a problem is this? I just don't think that's a good place to start a conversation It's when you're sharing statistics by saying, how big of a problem is this? Because I don't know, I guess if it's your problem, it's a really big problem, right? So maybe, maybe that's a good place. I'm going to turn this ring light down, man. I'm really, there we go. That's a little better. Um, then it's a really big problem. All right. So, Reggie, how many problem-solving skills are there? There's six problem-solving skills. There are six problem-solving skills. Yeah. All right. And the the first problem-solving skill, I'm just going to run through these out loud first. And I, I think this may not even be all that interesting to folks tonight, but at any rate, <laughs> it's interesting to Reggie and I. And it's our show, darn it. Actually, I'm going to find a way to get Reggie's name on on this show before you know it. And we think this will be helpful, and we hope that you will as well. But the first skill of problem solving, if you're going to solve a problem, is to stop and think. That way you don't just respond emotionally and get yourself in big trouble and make the problem worse. Uh, the second skill of problem solving is to state the problem. And so that's where you very objectively say what the problem is, objectively. And then the third skill of problem solving is to set a goal for yourself and gather information about the situation. Because whatever the information is at hand, whatever the facts are, whatever other person that's involved 
might think or feel that might actually help you do skill four, which is thinking of what choices you have in a situation and considering what the consequences are of those choices. And then skill number five is uh, once you decide what you think you should do, you should make yourself a plan to do it. And then skill six, after you do it, uh, you want to evaluate, try to figure out if you got the outcome that you were looking for. You know, did you at least get kind of close to your goal? You might even find out that your goal was not even realistic. You might even have to change your goal in that process. All right, so we don't want to get too far into the woods here or to the weeds, and we probably won't go through every single step um, in, a, in an exhaustive manner, but I want to hit some highlights here. Okay, so Reggie, the problems that we have going on in the country right now, there's many different angles that I could that I could take on this. All right, you want me to show these slides? All right, I'm going to try to pull this up. There's many different angles I could take, right? Because I could single out, well, the problem is uh, George Floyd died. What he was murdered. I don't want to say he died. He was murdered at the hands of a cop. We say that's the problem. I could define the problem as saying uh, people are rioting in the streets. Maybe I could say that's my problem here with this whole thing. There's many different ways I could define it. Uh, so the way I'm going to define it is I'm going to focus in on if you're wondering why I sound the way I do right now, I'm trying to do a couple things at once. I'm trying to pull up some slides here. The way I'm going to define this is by saying George Floyd, here's 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 the problem. George Floyd was was murdered and now the world's on fire. That's basically how I'm going to approach this. Okay. So when George Floyd was murdered. What were some of the thoughts that I had? Well, let me share those. Reggie, are you seeing this? No, I'm not. But don't worry about it. We want to stick to, to, to the thing of what was your risk thought? Hold on a second. All right, I can't, I can't, I can't show the, I can't show the slides here. All right, so the, no matter, the, the I'll, I'll walk, yeah, yeah. you walk me through yep. it. So yeah, so here, here's the thoughts that I had when this first happened. All right, here we go. This is unbelievable. What the hell? That's murder. Hang all those cops. This is going to get ugly. George Floyd will be lost in all of this. I knew this would happen. That's referring to the riots. The whole world is on fire. This is hopeless. Those were the thoughts I had. <clears throat> the feelings that I had were outraged, concerned, anxious, furious, and overwhelmed. This is a progression of, of thoughts and feelings over the last week. And, and then what physical reactions did I show? Like when I watch this whole thing go down, like my heart starts racing, my head aches, and I feel uh, tense about the whole situation. So if I sum all of that up, in the second skill of problem solving, I put all that together in a problem statement. I'm going to clearly, objectively state what I think the problem is here from my point of view. I would say this. I feel hopeless 
because people are fighting and dying in the streets. And my risk reaction, what am I at risk to do, is to say something unhelpful. So that's what, what, what do you have to say about that so far, Reg? Any, any thoughts or questions? Well, I, I, I want to go back to the first that stop and think thing. And, uh, yep. And, and what was your risk thought? What was your risk feeling? What was your physical reaction? Right. Not a bunch of them. Just what was the, if you could isolate one thought that was like the riskiest thought, it was a warning sign to you that you were having a problem, that you were in a conflict. What would that be? Uh, I would, I would have to say this is going to get ugly. All righty. Your risk feeling. Uh, probably, uh, overwhelmed okay. for me. Yeah. And then and so someone might say, someone might say, well, furious is more risky than overwhelmed. Well, the, the question is, what are you at risk to do? Yeah. 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 It, it's not like, you know, just at face value. And Chuck, we're going to get to that. We'll get to Drew Brees at some point. Um, and then, so in your physical reaction. Oh yeah. My heart was racing. I feel tense. Yeah. And I, I think it's fine. I mean, it, it fits to the moment. So your problem statement was, I feel frustrated because the world no, is. I said, I feel, I, I feel hopeless. Oh, hopeless because yeah. the world is on fire. Because people are fighting and dying in the streets. Yeah. My risk reaction is to say something unhelpful. How does it help you to isolate that? How does it help you to like put it into that frame? Well, it just clearly helps me define what where uh, I see this right through my lens. Yeah, right. It helps me identify the fact that uh, when I feel this way, this is what I'm at risk to do, and I really don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, get yourself in check before you do something like that. So you start dialing down the feelings thermometer, as we say in class, and you start dialing up the thinking thermometer, right? So you start moving from reacting to responding by going through these steps, right? Right, right. Because just like you and I teach, uh, it is uh, probably, let's say, more desirable to act out of thought rather than to act out of feelings. Yeah. Okay. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, beyond desirable. It, it's more effective to act out of thought than out of feelings. It, it mm -hmm. Recognize where your thoughts lead you and have some thoughts that lead you in the direction you want to go. Right. I'm cool with that. I mean, that's a, that's a brief, that, and that's from your lens. And that's realistic and practical. So yep. if I look at this for myself, right, as I define, I mean, similar situation, we're both in it, right? I mean, there's riots that took place, at least here. We're done with that in Minnesota. We've moved on. We had to bear, uh, we buried a young man today. And um, like uh, we're moving forward and trying to find solutions. So, um, but there were riots that took place. There was a, a murder that took place. There was um, vitriol from all sides that took place, right? So that's kind of the, the overarching um, situation. But if I had to narrow it down to the the problem, right, the, the, the event that conflicted with my beliefs that led to a problem for me, right, we got that whole problem solving, the whole conflict cycle. So first you have a problem, then you have some thoughts and feelings, you got to actually got consequences. For me, the event that, that really kind of set it off was, the minimization, oh, sorry, that, that's the wrong word. The redirection, the quick redirection of the focus of the events, right? And, and what I mean is it didn't take but a couple of days for it to go from a murder to this ain't right 
and talking about the lady who got beat up and Lord knows that I, I feel that lady. Is, I, mean, I don't feel her pain, but she has my sympathy. It was real, a real quick shift to that. And then like things like, um, I, I told you today, the, what do you call it? The George Floyd challenge. Oh yes. Yeah, stuff like that. I mean, that, 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 that creates a problem for me because it conflicts with my value system. And so I'm in there. Right. So and I'll just, I won't go through a range of thoughts. I'll just limit it to my risk thought. My risk thought in that situation is these folks are racist. Why is that a risk? Well, it's a warning sign for me because if I think you're being racist, I got to get at you, right? I'm going to have to do something. So that's my risk thought that these people are racist. Um, my risk feeling actually is terrified because I can't control the situation, right? My physical reaction, I seriously grind the devil out of my teeth. I mean, and I, I clench my fist. For me, that is a warning sign. Like it's an indicator that I'm in a problem situation when I start grinding my teeth and clenching my fist. Right. Okay. So if you sum all of that up into a problem statement, what would that sound like for you? I feel terrified because of the things that are being placed on the internet to counter the original message. My risk reaction is to snap. Okay. Let me hear you do that one more time. But instead of saying the feeling, give me that risk thought. I think People I think, are. I think people are racist mm -hmm. because, because of things that are being really distributed widely on the internet, and that's objective, right? I, I didn't go to. The, I didn't label them. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it's totally objective. I mean, the only thing that could make that more objective is if you said specifically what those things are, but that's probably a long list. Oh, it's a long list. A long list. Right. Um, means. Uh, now, um, one what's the lady Candace? What is her like Owen? She came out and she, you know, had her her response of him being a criminal and him being a horrible person, which is only gonna give license to other people to say it. They're not gonna say it though, they just reference what she said, right? So I mean things like that, all those different things, which is a complete and total redirection, right? It, it's a flip to ensure that folks can't come together, but that's not being objective. Sorry. Let me get, but if you ask for examples, I gave you some examples, the, the George Floyd challenge where you got young white kids, uh, recreating the situation where one friend will lay on the ground with his hands behind his back. Another one will get in the position of the officer and then they'll smile and make jokes. I mean, there's even some videos and stuff doing that too. And then, um, the, just, just, it seems like there's a need, among some people to make sure that this message is extinguished. The riots did a good job of re redirecting everything, but that gave people agency to move away from, I mean, I, we ain't talking about how bad the riots was anymore because they gone. Now it's like, let's just go to that hateful stuff, right? So those are my examples of the things that are on the internet, which I could choose to not look at, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But it, 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 my risk reaction is the snap. If I don't get myself under control, if I don't regulate those risks, those warning signs, I'm going to snap. And what is that going to look like? I don't even know. It could just be howling at the moon in the backyard. It could be uh, going in, in, in my bathroom and sucking my thumb and, and just crying until I can't cry no more. But I'm going to snap.
And so there you go. That's my problem statement. Can I ask you one thing? So that you've advanced a couple of days, maybe from the initial event of George Floyd uh, being murdered in the street. When you saw the video and first that first came to light, you see the guy was knee in the back of his neck, and you know that he murdered him. What was your what was your wrist thought at that moment? I don't think. Because it was a bunch of them, but I'd say the riskiest one is that could have been me. Okay. Yeah. And, and and because of that, that's fight or flight at that moment, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and you and you know what's you know what's interesting, Reggie, is that see why I think this conversation is so important is because that's not my first thought. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it tells it tells the difference between your experience, your lens that mm-hmm. you see the world through and the lens that I see the world through. And, and then today I was poking around on this, uh, Washington post website that, uh, lists all the people who were killed by the cops last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Killed, shot and killed, yeah. shot and killed by the cops. You know, you hear me sometimes saying, you know, people like me. Ain't nobody listen to people who look like me. I there I might have said that before. Man. Uh, last time. Yeah, whatever. I, I don't even know what I said. <laughs> but I would say people who look like me are the ones that is kill themselves more than any other group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so um shot and killed by the cops last year, people who look like me, hundred and twenty five. Shot and killed by the cops last year. People who look like you, 37. Now, I shouldn't say look like. I, I put the demographic in there, too, like the age, because mm-hmm. that was my only options. Uh, you're a little bit older than me, not much, but uh, 37. So, <laughs> 37. What? Okay, okay. 30, 37 people. Yeah. You're older, older than 45. I right? you your age, my bad. I thought you were saying no. your age. Okay. My no, bad. no, no. I was talking about you. You're over 45, right? Yeah. Yeah. So black males over 45, 37 shot and killed last year. White males age range 30 to 44. I'm at 43, uh, 125. I, I, maybe it should be on my radar screen a little bit more that that could happen to me, but I just don't even think about it like that. I don't think my first thoughts are not, Hey, that could happen to me. Mm-hmm. It's just an interesting perspective, I guess. All right. Well, let me go to wait, let me wait. go to the third. We yeah, got to go extrapolate that. We got to extrapolate that, but we can't just leave it there. Because if you look at the raw numbers, then absolutely, it seems like it's not as big a problem for one as it is for the other. But remember this morning when we broke it down based on the 2018 census, where we looked at when you took the whole number of people who died at the hands of the police, not just shot and killed, but died at the hands of the police, right? It was in 2018. I, I, I don't want to misrepresent it, but it was something like. Uh, I'll get there. I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. 400 and some white people were killed by the cops and well, died in police custody. Right. Whatever the result, no matter whether it was um, suffocation, strangulation, uh, firearm, who knows. But, but they, they lost their life in, in an interaction with a police officer. White people, 400. Or something like that. I can't remember the exact number. And black people, it was like, what, uh, 302 or 301 or something like that? So it was 100-plus more white people that died in, in police custody. But then 
And that seems like, okay, so it's not that big a problem. Why are we making such a big deal out of it? And when you really look at it in the ratio to the, the, the census we looked at, comparing that to the overall, not just gender, but just people, the overall number, it, we, I think we came out with like 23, 20, 22 or 23%, like, well, not percent, 0.0023% of white people are killed in the hands of the cops, right? You remember that from this morning? Yes. Let me let me just let me try to you probably got the number. Yeah, let me just try to clarify this a little bit. Now I went off that Washington Post site and uh but the numbers actually came out the same. Okay. The Washington Post site, the this is a little bit of a different statistic, but it still makes the same point. Yeah. And then okay. when you look yeah. at uh, uh so it's like point oh oh three zeros and then twenty one or twenty two. Yeah. So yeah, let me get let me give this to everybody. Okay. So this is 2019 statistics. There's 328 million people in our country. Mm -hmm. 251 million are white at 76.5%. And there's roughly 44 million black 13.4%. Okay. So now if we do the math on what percentage of white people are shot and killed who are unarmed. This is where the, it's a little bit different, but the statistic still comes out the same, Reggie. White unarmed people shot and killed by the cops. Two ten thousandths of one percent of the whole population. Of white. Two ten, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Two ten thousandths of one percent. For for um Black Americans shot and killed who were unarmed, shot and killed by the cops. It's six. I'm doing some rounding here, actually, yeah. just to make this simple, and it's going in the favor, actually, of of more of black being shot. But it's it's the the math's still good. Uh, six and ten thousandths. Uh, six ten thousandths of one percent. Of one percent. Six ten thousandths of one percent. So what that boils down to in the raw numbers, out of two hundred fifty-one million white people, three hundred and seventy-six are shot by the cops and killed, and they're unarmed at the time. And out of forty-four million uh, black Americans, two hundred and thirty-six of them in two thousand nineteen were shot and killed uh, when they were. Well, it wasn't even un unarmed. These are just the numbers you gave me earlier, Reggie. I'm, I'm, I've looked at so many numbers. I'm have. These are just the amount of people that were shot and killed by the cops. Now, you're, what was different about the numbers is you added strangulation and some other stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the numbers are still the same. So, so what I don't like, I don't want people to just say, there's two different ways to look at this. Don't just say, well, how big of a problem is this? I mean, we can look and say six ten thousandths of 1%. It's not helpful to say, well, how big of a problem is that? The other way to look at this is, by comparison, if you're black, you're three times as likely to be shot by the police than if you're white. Yeah. Right. So let's just let's just be honest about both of those sets of numbers, right? We could we could say, well, that's the heck, man. I that that is what's going on there. Why is it three times as many? At the same time, I want to balance that by saying, okay, thank God it's not more. I mean, thank God we're still like at not 6%, but we're yeah. at six yeah. ten thousandths of, uh, of 1% because that does put this 
into some sort of perspective. I mean, it, 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 it does. I mean, we want that to be none, but it still puts it in perspective. So Reggie, I, I just thought that this was interesting is that I looked at your state and looked at the COVID numbers because I have to keep myself in check a little bit while I'm griping about you had like eight, 100 thousandths of 1% chance of dying of COVID-19 in my County. Open it up, please. I still should have the wherewithal to say, yeah, but if it's your mom who died or your grandma who died, then yeah, it's a big problem. But so I, I thought about the COVID thing. So I ran the numbers and I realized that of the, Black men and women that were on the streets in Minneapolis, St. Paul, wherever, but in Minnesota, they were 47 times more likely to die of COVID-19 than to die as an unarmed black person at the hands of the cops. Like we don't, we don't know. No one really thinks about that. Well, I mean, some people do. There were some people with masks on. A lot of people. Yeah, it, well, you know, there was a lot of people. But but that also helps me put it into perspective as well. Oh, shoot. My, my computer's going to die here. That helps me put it in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> look at me. Look at me hustling, man. Get this thing plugged in. I was there, too. I was there a minute ago. But yeah. Were you? So, and I, I, I'm not sure about your point on this one. Well, the, the point is, is that... Um, I don't think that we are fact driven. We are because when we're looking at facts and feelings, right? What we just talked about, right? We need to act out of the facts. We don't need to act out of our feelings because when we act out of our feelings, we get into trouble. Um, I think that we need to look at what the facts are. Maybe that will inform us to some degree of, okay, exactly what do these numbers look like? Mm -hmm. Because you and I are both afraid that the media just hypes everybody up like crazy. Yeah. So let's, let's really look at what the facts are, but at the same time, no matter what those facts are, when it hits home, let's have some empathy for the people that it's hitting home to. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's my point. But, and here's something too. It's not a counter message. It's just it's an explanation. We facts can lead to emotions, right? For long, sure. Ago, long, long, long time ago. Long time ago, I was in the nation of Islam. I actually went to mosques, and I, I thought I was going to become a Muslim. Didn't read none of the religion doc, religious doctrine. I just went with the 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 uh, like the political rhetoric of it. Like it empowered me. It gave me a sense of worth and value. I didn't have to see myself as being like, you know, uh, the son of a, the former slave's granddaughter or something like that. Right. And so they gave me a book to read. and It was called A Message to the Black Man by the Honorable Dr. Elijah Muhammad. And in the foreword of it, you know, how you got to forward it it's sure. to this, this book. Basically, I'm paraphrasing here because it's been a long time since I read it. But it, it basically says that the, the nation of Islam does not teach hate. What they do is they enlighten the Negro. That's what they call the so-called American Negro. And basically it leaves it there. But when you're in the, in the mosque, when, when you're in the meetings and they're talking to you, it's like that enlightenment can lead to rage and, 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 and anger. 
And that's what usually happens, right? When you stop and you really get to the raw numbers, like Candace Owen throwing out, just spitting out numbers this morning with no real, like, conclusive, like, results of it. She's just raw numbers. Well, that's that can allow people to, like, think, well, maybe this is different. Maybe it's worse than what it is. But when you break out a calculator and you start doing some comparisons and really like looking at the essence of it and how it really plays out, it it, it could lead to, when people are for, informed about, about that, it can lead to some real raw emotion. Because if I know this and I'm living it every day, how can you not know it? How could you not do something about it? Like, I mean, how, how could you continue to invest in a system, yada, yada, yada? You get what I'm saying? So right. that's what it is. I mean, I think about it, and I'm going to go to dude's point with Drew Brees. Drew Brees' statements were insensitive. I won't call that man a racist. I don't know him. I won't. But the idea, and it's his interpretation. It's his, it's his schema. It's his, his view of the world and, and his view of the protest of kneeling for the flag. I, I People say it's the wrong place, wrong time. Don't disrespect the military, things of that nature, so on and so forth. And he has a right to his opinion. But he also has to take what comes with him expressing his opinion freely, right? Because that to say it so cavalier, to, to have such a, a bold statement, good on you, brother. I'm glad you got the cojones to be able to do that. And yet you got to realize that you, you're asserting something that to many is a distortion of a message. And it serves your end because you look like, you know, the true patriot. And now your teammates, your city, your state has is ready to abandon you. Well, you got, he had a right to say what he said and, and what he said is real for him, but yet he got to own whatever come with it. My brother said all the time, same thing, make you laugh, make you cry. Well, we need to live, we live in a world where that's come to come to pass right now, right? The whole cancel culture and everything else. It makes people afraid to say things and make people afraid to have conversations like we do. But the the thing that throws me off is this need for some people right now to have a counter message to the message of equality, right? So I, I got to put out something. I got, I mean, I, I might, my, the Black Lives Matter might say something, or I don't know, just a regular uh, African-American advocate may say something. And then there's a need for like this. I don't even know what it is. Maybe somebody can explain it to me in the chat, but there's this need to counter it. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think that people generally feel a need to counter if they feel that they, in some way, are being attacked themselves. If 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 not, then I don't know why they would. Uh, I I don't know why they would even get into the fray. I was just trying to find actually what he said. So here's what he said: mm -hmm. I I love and respect my teammates. And I stand right there with them in regards to fighting for racial equality and justice. I also stand with my grandfathers, his grandfathers, his people, who risked their lives for this country and countless other military men do it on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so I, it cuts off there. But he went on to say something about um, the flag, right? Like he is not going to support dishonoring or disrespecting the flag. So I don't know. I mean, 
I, I can see where a guy starts off with, I love and respect my teammates and I stand right there with them in regards to fighting for racial equality and justice. He doesn't even say, but he says, I also stand with my grandfather. I don't think that those two things are even um, diametrically opposed to me. When I look at it, I didn't hear him say it. I didn't see the look on his face. I'm just looking at words on a, uh, on a screen right now. I think that his grandfather's, he might even tell you that his grandfather's fought in the military at his age, they were probably World War II vets, I'm guessing, Korea vets. He might even say that they actually fought so that there could be racial equality and justice. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's in the man's heart, but this is what, I guess this is the rub sometimes. It's like People think they have this sixth sense where they know exactly what's in a person's heart, and they just they, they jump on it, and then he's, I don't know. He apologized. I didn't read that either, but he's, he, I mean, the dude's got to apologize. I got to think he might've been told that he had to apologize. Quite frankly, I don't want to live in a world where everyone has to apologize because I'll never feel like I'm getting a genuine one. Well, here's why it's an issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you ain't, I ain't got to tell well, you. Sure. The, those statements that he gave are a drastic distortion of what the kneeling represented. You've had actual military people, like soldiers themselves, who have said they don't see it that way, and they fought so he had the right to take a knee. He is not in any way disrespectful. Well, I shouldn't say he has been clear that his protest is not a disrespect toward the military. The military are not the ones who are oppressing us and killing unarmed folks, right? He is not in any way disrespecting the flag in that sense. Because he's, he's protesting, but he was, sorry, because he ain't got a job no more, at least not in the NFL, but he was protesting the brutality, or police brutality, and the, the senseless deaths of unarmed black people. And people of color, I guess, all around, but mainly unarmed black people. That's what he's protesting. It is not intended to be a slam against the, uh, against the military. And so, what he just spoke to is what we know a lot of people in the alt-right, a lot of folks who want to make sure that they keep this bitter divide existing, used as talking points to, to distort that protest, to take, like, like again, to counter something that had that merit on its face. Nobody would argue against this whole idea of people shouldn't be oppressed, um, the folks who are supposed to protect us shouldn't be the ones that we should be afraid of. Um, like nobody would argue against that on its surface. But then when you start trying to unravel it or twist it and turn it into something else, then yeah, you're going to get people to get on that and, and, and turn against it. And, and yeah, they'll have a problem with it. And so what he spoke to, whether it was intentional or unintentional, was it was just a, a, a reiteration of, Y'all are full of mess, right? You just want to stomp on this country. I don't know how many posts I've seen. Of it. If black folks don't like it here, they should just go home. My home in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I and go back to Africa. Go back to your country. There's more than one country in Africa. So which one am I going to, right? I, mean, I didn't do the, the uh, 23andMe thing, so I don't know my genealogy, right? I'm an American. I'm an American, right? I see myself... 
as being a black man in America. So, but th th that those distortions of this as being a slam against the military. No, that that that, that he 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 deserved what he get. He do. He gonna have to capitulate. He gonna have to do everything possible to lay down and 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 scrounge and scramble because he on his last leg in the NFL anyway, for real. So well, he, hey, he, not for nothing, but Kaepernick didn't even have a leg in the NFL, <laughs> and both of his legs were covered with with uh, socks that had pigs in in uh in cop outfits, and that, I mean. Can 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 we admit that it's juvenile? Let's say it's juvenile all the way around. That his protest is juvenile. That that his actions of having socks on that had pigs in uh cop you know uh, police uniforms that that's juvenile. What well, are some things the man did? I didn't agree with. And that would be yeah right right. But I don't know. You ain't no political analyst. I mean, you know, I mean, you can have your opinion, and just because you got that forum, don't mean you need to talk on everything that's out there, right? I mean, I ain't gonna knock him. Right. But I appreciate yeah. what he's done. I mean, he took a risk. Like, you, you can say, well, how can you compare him to Muhammad Ali? Muhammad Ali sacrificed his career for his values and what he believed in. So did Colin Kaepernick, right? When a lot of people won't speak up, when a lot of people kind of laid down before, uh, LeBron, well, LeBron's always been vocal, but before a lot of athletes, especially in the NFL, were willing to stand up and say something, he took a risk. I don't think he knew it was going to explode on him like that. But it, and even though it was exploding, he refused to let up. Get a man courage of his conviction, and yes, he did some juvenile things. But if, but if Drew Brees has a conviction, that's, I mean, that's. He has to let up. I, I don't. I no, don't I didn't. Say, at what point in my conversation did I say Drew Brees? Well, because he needs to. I thought you. Yeah, I thought you said he needs to do whatever he can to apologize and all that stuff. Because okay, if you want to keep his job, if you right. So that's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm classifying as. He's he's got to. He, he's got to let up. In your words, he's got to let up. And at the end of the day, he ain't got to do but stay stay white and die. That's what my mom used to say. Boy, you ain't got to do but stay black and die. That's it. And that's on him. But it's a choice he's going to have to make because he has alienated his teammates. He has alienated alienated a significant portion of his city and his state by his statements, just like Colin Kaepernick did. Now, he got a choice to make. Either he will apologize, which he has. And it's not really an apology because we talked about this before when they took away um, – when, when you take away step one – the ability for you to make the decision of whether or not you want to apologize, and you're not really apologizing, right? So, but it, it's his choice. I, if I misspoke, let me clarify. All right, that man ain't got to do nothing. He can continue down the path he own. And hey, it took some courage for him to run his mouth like that and say what he said. Rock with it, brother. But again, the same thing make you laugh often makes you cry. And so whatever comes with that, cool. But I can tell you in this time to, to, Spit that out, especially uh, uh, another, just a reiteration of what we know has come from the deep, deep rooted opposition to Colin Kaepernick in that message. And you just reiterating it. But then it is what it is, brother. Ride with that. Everybody get a chance to voice whatever they want to voice. You just got to take whatever comes with it. And I think that's the issue that's happening in our country right now for years and even now to a great degree. There's not many consequences for your actions, right? 
we talk about cancel culture, but that don't hit everybody. It just hit a few, right? Some pro- some uh, political folks, some some folks out there in the public, and those stories get made big. But there's not that deep a consequence for the actions that we take, except for since this thing all kicked off, you you better be mindful. I ain't telling you to watch what you what you say because you have a right to say whatever you want to. We live in a country where we you do have freedom of speech. I won't even say allegedly. It's just you got to recognize that that has a it's got a consequence, both good and bad. As long as you're comfortable with that consequence, whatever floats your boat, make mine sail. So that's what I think about Drew Brees. More power to you, brother. Just take whatever comes. And 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 I I, I feel awkward that he come out and he apologized because it's not you know it's not sincere. If he was thinking that way, then why did he say what he said in the first place, right? I don't think in, in a less than a 24-hour span he had some revelation. Let me tell you what the revelation was. His star receivers were in his chest online. Many of them unfollowed him in social Which, media. Which, by the way, I, I really hope that people that I work with or people that I do life with, they don't like something I say. I hope to God they would tell me. Oh, they told him. I, I, I definitely. No, 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 no. I would listen. I in mentoring young people, I would never tell them or tell my child, "Hey, if you got somebody you work with or you're close to that you talk about, you love that person and all the rest of, it, and they say something you don't like, the, then what your response should be is go tell the world. You don't do that. Mm. Go tell that person. Go tell the person. You don't go tell the world. Well, like, so I can't. I can't stand by that. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know. You're assuming that they, that they didn't tell him. There's a gentleman on the team. Well, if they, if they, I still wouldn't do it. I wouldn't come to you, Reggie, and say, "Hey, Reggie, I don't like what you said." And then, and by the way, I'm gonna put you on blast on the internet, dude. I wouldn't do that to you, man. So one of his teammates actually had a conversation with him. Now this teammate is an active advocate for criminal justice reform. I mean, like he 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 put his money where his mouth is. He's out there doing the work every day. Right. I mean, like uh, maybe not every day, but he, he really is trying to help build and change circumstances for, for people who have been downtrodden. Right. He said he talked to Drew Brees. Now, he had put out a, 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 a video that was, I think, pretty, pretty hostile. And then he immediately took it down and he actually called Drew Brees and had a conversation. And even after that conversation. Because obviously, I don't know what took place in it, but whatever that conversation was, that, that teammate left out of there not satisfied enough to just hold it in. And that's the thing, too. Right now, there's a forum where if you want to put it out there, I mean, I said there's opportunity and, and there's plenty of forums, but if you want to put it out there, you can. And like you talk about virtue signaling, if, if you're on the side of the momentum of Netherlands, um, Australia, England, and you got you to give us some uh, words on that, Kyle, for sure, as to what the protests look like over there. But um, if you're on that side, man, it's hard for people to fight against you, right? Whether you're right or wrong. And I will not say that Colin Kaepernick wearing socks with police on him was right. I think I thought that was childish. And where do you buy those socks anyway? I mean, like, seriously. I don't know, man. You, 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 can buy, you can buy anything on the internet. But here, here's, uh, here's what I'm going to tell you. I will never put anything that you say that rubs me wrong 
I will never come to you, Reggie, and tell you that I don't like it and then go tell the whole world. And I won't do that to anyone else either. Well, I, I, can I will that. not do that. And I will not teach anyone else to do that. I think that's. I will commit that to you. I, will, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, anyway, so let, let's get back to because because here we are at four or five minutes and we're talking. Whoa, about that time flew. What about? Let's figure out what Glenn talking about here. What if it was the same guy, same size, everything was the same? Do you feel the same outcome? I mean, white guy asking for a friend. I'm not sure what he's asking. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. All right, so let let's go. To, let's go to uh, let's go to what our goal is here. Okay, my bad, my bad. We, we so I so yeah. I'm going to I'm going to restate what I said. I the problem is from my point of view. My problem is I feel help hopeless because people are fighting and dying in the streets, and my risk reaction is to say something unhelpful. So mm -hmm. my goal here is I want to be a part of the solution but I don't want to be accused of being racist. All right. So what's your, uh, what's well, your goal? Cause the goal can stay what you want to happen and what you don't want to happen. Right. Right. So that's what I did. It needs to be realistic. Yep. It means it's something attainable within your wheelhouse and it needs to be positive where it doesn't hurt or harm anybody else. Correct. You got all the criteria with that joy. Yeah. It's a realistic and positive goal. Yeah, I want to be part of the pro of the solution, but I don't want to be accused of being racist. So now, and you, what you also hear in there is is some of the hesitancy as a middle aged white man to even talk at all about anything, and that's why I can feel a little bit of identification with with Drew Brees on this because when the guy starts off by saying I love and respect my teammates and their and the the fight for equality and all the rest of it, mm -hmm. um, man, I tell you what, if you, if you go anywhere beyond that, you're really getting into some risky territory and that dude, you know, he's next, next thing you know, he's on blast. And also what occurs to me, Reggie, is that under COVID-19, our government asked us to snitch on each other. Mm -hmm. And that whole spirit has just went right on into this <laughs> whole debacle. Because if someone says anything you don't like, man, they're screenshotting comments and reposting them and all the rest of. I watched today, actually, a, a lady that uh, that was on and, and and watched and made some comments on Tuesday night. She was posting some uh, some screenshots of some comments that a guy made that I don't know who it was. I'm 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 glad she took his name off of it. Um, but man, he was making some. Uh, abhorrent ridiculous comments like it was bad <laughs> don't no need to <laughs> no i'm not going to repeat it i i i don't i don't really want it to come out of my mouth uh but yeah i mean it's it we're, but we're putting out there for the world ever now hey this is what this person thinks and this person's racist this person's that like i, I don't want to get caught up in that so, and so the, the thing I'll say to that, and this ain't to you, well, I mean, it's okay if I use you as an example and not in a negative way. Uh, just be careful because, you know, someone takes a clip one day, you know. I'm not going to put you out there, brother. This has nothing to do with racism. I ain't going to ask you nothing about any, any racial ideation. I'm going to ask you, how long ago did you learn to ride, ride a dirt bike? Man, I was five years old. That was 38 years ago. Yeah. So you, um, 
I mean, you really wanted to ride that dirt bike. Oh, man. More yeah. than anything in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's a few other things you wanted. Maybe a Voltron. I don't know if you ever noticed my Voltron behind me back there. Well, I did. Okay, that okay. awesome. So you wanted to ride that dirt bike. So in riding it and learning to ride it, did you have any spills? Oh, did, gosh, yes. Did you break any bones? Uh <laughs> It 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 actually uh, took until years ago for me to break bone, but yes, I have broken a bone. Yes, sir. yes, sir. yes. So, yeah. in your effort to do, but that wasn't a deterrent, though. No, man, I was right back on it before you know. Not not even slightly. I mean, and then actually knowing that you could survive it actually made you probably it probably bolstered your confidence a little bit more to go and try a little bit more, right? I think when you take risk and you experience failure and you come back from it, it, it makes you stronger, makes you someone to contend with. Preach, brother, preach. Now, what I want the wonderful, upstanding Christians to do is want I, I want them to seek out and fight for equality the same way you wanted to learn that dirt bike. Despite whatever hiccups, what, despite whatever broken bones, whatever pain you might suffer, you get right back in that joint and keep moving forward to ensure that we reach that level of equality. And it ain't, may not never get there on a material level. I, I hate when we turn things into a material thing. I'm talking about in the sense of a human way of being with one another. Do you understand? Like that, that you see me and you can see my color and my difference and you love to see that. Like you embrace that. And, and you know that despite that we look different, that we still are all human beings. That's some idealistic Pollyanna stuff. I get it. But at the same time, I need that 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 white Christian and I need the black Christian to do the same thing. To When they do make mistakes, when they do have missteps, that we show a little grace here and there. Well, they didn't show us grace. They didn't do it. I got it. I got it. I feel you. And yet, we know from science that it is human nature that when a person feels that they're being forced to do something, that when they feel that their freedom of choice is being taken away from them, they fight and scratch to get that choice back. Developed by Wilfred Brim, it's a psychological theory called the reactance theory. We talk about this in motivation interview. So when I shame you, all you're going to do is settle in yourself. And now I've given you a stronger reason to, to not move in the direction that, that probably would be best for both of us. It's definitely not the one I want you to go in, right? So back to y'all, though. Forget us. All right. So I what I need is I need black activists to be able to give that those white Christian brothers and sisters a very clear, very concise agenda. And the black Christians need to, or the white Christians need to listen to it. Don't discount it offhand. Listen to it. Give them an agenda that is not uh, overly emotional. I'm probably speaking for myself now because I'm not overly emotional. It's See, very fact, very fact driven. When you went to the, with, with that, the that, that's what takes away from it. When the what? Speaking the affirmative, right? Like say what, what we, what you need to see more of, not what you want to see less of. Because people respond to that a little bit better. Like if I tell you, George, I need you to. All right. So what I need, what I need is a fact-driven, easily digestible set of policies 
Okay. Dude, what are you? What is your problem? Easily digestible. That that is that is me saying, Reggie, don't give me thirty minutes uh, dissertation on the plight of the school system. Dude, give it to me where I can remember it. I I, I realize what you're saying. My brain heard that as simplified. <laughs> what you're really saying is cut through the fat, dude, so I can understand it because yeah. I don't understand everything, right? Yeah. And and what I'm telling you is is when you get that person who is not riddled with a white guilt, who's not going to virtue signal. And what I mean by that is tell you what they think you want to hear so that they just look like a good guy, that sort of thing. When we get, when we cut past all of that nonsense, you have an agenda that people could really get behind. We can lock arms together and we can go get behind that and make that happen. I think that, I, I don't know, man. I've said it. I don't know how many times on here. I think the church is the hope of the world. I, I think that your starting point is exactly right. That's who you need, man. That's who you need for sure. And, and here's the thing. Um, I, I, it'd be nice to have it on a global level, but if you could just do that in the individual level, and it ain't got to be so much a black agenda, it could just be your human agenda. So and that's I, what you and I are doing. And hopefully people will pay attention to that. Yeah. So I'm really, you know, it really, it's unnerving to me, Reggie, to think that you and I probably get off here and you've told me like you've, you've had to, in a sense, uh, my word, not yours, like stick up for me with some of your, your friends and people who, who don't maybe even understand our relationship or whatnot. Like, what are you doing talking to that guy? You know, this sort of stuff. Hey, it's getting a thousand times better. Well, that's good, man. That's, that's good. Uh, okay. Can, so can I tell you the the facts that I see, because I think this will be enlightening. And then I want to hear I, your. Oh, yeah. I didn't get my goal. Okay. I was going to say, then I'll hear your goal, but go ahead. Oh, give me bad. your goal. You go first. You go first. Okay. So my goal is I want to be part of the solution, but I don't want to be accused of being racist. Sorry about that. That's my son calling my wife. Tell, tell him I'm busy. Tell him I'm busy. All right. So here's the facts as I see them. George Floyd died. Facts are verifiable, by the way, gang. If you're listening at home, they're indisputable. They're indisputable. No how bad I might be in George see the difference. A fact is a fact. Yes. George Floyd Floyd died. Fact number two. People are protesting peacefully. Fact number three. The media shows little of that. I think that's a fact, right? I don't think that's my opinion. Uh, people are rioting. Uh, I also think it's a fact that the media focuses on that aspect of things. Am I, I'm still factual, right, Reggie? Keep me in check. Okay, I, good. At least, and, and from what I say, I don't think anybody could dispute either of those facts. Okay, good. All right, next fact: people are at each other's are at each other on social media. That's a fact. Uh, yeah, I, th I think that's a fact too. All right, um, and then I listed the two facts that uh, we've already discussed here: unarmed blacks are shot and killed by the cops at a percentage of six and one hundred thousandths of one percent. Unarmed white people are shot and killed by the cops at two and one hundred thousandths of one percent. It's also a fact that given those numbers, blacks are shot three times as much as whites. And then what do I think the other people are feeling or thinking rather thinking the other people? Okay, here's here's a thought that I think they're having. There's a genocide taking place. The riots are necessary. 
This will result in positive change. The problem is white privilege. That's what I think other people are thinking. Now, we could break down into who are these other people. I mean, there's a whole variety of folks. It's too many to uh, name. What's that? Too many to name. I mean, you got to. Yeah, there's way too many to ma- name. Yeah. And, and how do I think the other people are feeling? I think they feel hurt, terrorized, angry, and enraged. All right. Yeah. So uh, go ahead, man. Tell me what your goal is in this situation. Can, can you remind me what your problem statement was? I think people are racist because yeah, you made me switch to that, but I'm gonna go with I'm terrified because okay. people are really I can't remember what it was. It's been so long. Now what did I say? I, I have a memory like an elephant. Um I did switch it up on you. I asked you to do the thought, but it was I think people are racist because people are putting things out on the internet mm-hmm. that's changing the the narrative essentially. Am I on the right track? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I, my risk is my risk is to react by snapping. Yeah. So and I'm that, go, snapping could be a variety of things. I feel terrified because people are putting things on the internet to counter the narrative. And and really it feels like to one up the other person, but that's not objective. So I'll, I'll remove that. And okay. my risk re- reaction is to snap, right? So okay. if I go So what's your goal in that situation? What do you want? What I want is peace of mind. Is that realistic? I think it is for me. Okay. It, it's definitely it's, positive. Because it, sure. it hurt anybody. And, the, and let me define peace of mind. My, again, my brother, who pretty much raised me, right? <laughs> he did because our dad was killed. Lord help you. Lord help you. Yeah, he did a good job. He did a good job. But uh, he, he, he always saying, ain't, ain't nothing in the world like peace of mind. Right, he'll give up. He'll sacrifice a lot to get it, but and for me, I'll fight to get it as well. Right, and, and so will my brother. So that's what for me, peace of mind is just a level of comfort, or, or, or not a level of fear. Like it's the opposite of concern and fear, constant concern and fear. It, it's some opportunities for like relief, for a respite, for like even happiness, or maybe even satisfaction. That's what I want. Is peace of mind. Now, do you want this perpetually or you just want a respite here and there? A respite. I mean, because no one's happy all the time. And if you are, you're right, that's, that's more realistic. Yeah. If you are, you're on drugs. But at least in this situation, while this stuff is was going on and is going on, that's what I'm looking for is a peace of mind. Right. So, so now that's my goal. Let's talk about facts. My facts are pretty much aligned exactly with yours because they fit right into my scenario. But the additional fact I will add is, um, there has been a media, I mean, I'm sorry, a, 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 an open like bombardment of counter messages almost since the beginning on the internet. And I wasn't even aware because I avoided the internet like a son of a gun, right? But then I started scrolling through some of these people thing, and I ain't got to do all that, but I guess I do. But yeah, it's been going on for a while. And it's a lot of stuff about, you know, making sure we know about his prison record, making sure we know he was a criminal, making sure we know that Antifa's doing the riots, making sure we know that, um, you know, all these different things, uh, countering the message, like, um, what, what, what was it, the the new, it's not, it's beyond all lives matter. And then when you talk about blue lives matter, it's something that I can't remember exactly what it was. I'm sorry to misquote. I don't want to misquote it. So, but there's a message out there, like a hashtag going on that's been going on almost since the beginning. 
I saw a meme the other day that said, um, if they come out to the rural areas, is there a bag limit or do we have to tag them? Right. And that was put oh, up. Oh, yeah. I saw that too. Yeah. It's put up by multiple people. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a bombardment of this. And another fact is that everyone seems to be reacting to it. Okay, you're pressing, you're you're pushing the limits on fact right there, but yeah, I, I help I mean, me. That's what that, you that, that's that's your thought. I mean, your thought is. That, All right, yeah. I can take that out there. So those are my facts. What I think the other people are thinking. I think they're thinking. This, y'all making too much out of this. Y'all wouldn't do this if it was a white guy. You, there's no way that white people would be doing that. What I think they're feeling is disgusted. I think they're angry, but I also think they're scared. So there you go. That's my that's that that would be my step four. Uh, step three, sorry, of uh getting information, uh, setting the goal and gathering information. What do you, you think? Know you know what I'm scared of in this moment? Hmm. I'm scared that I'm not gonna live long enough to see the day. That when we talk about the statistic of people being shot and killed by cops when they're unarmed, like we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. that we just talk about people being shot and killed unarmed by the cops. I pray and we leave it and we leave it right there. Not have to delineate, right? <laughs> not have to and not have to delineate. I mean, Ced Cedric said it on the last podcast. I'll, I'll just try to draw a little parallel. Like when he said the black agenda should be the American agenda. Mm -hmm. like, I can't, I can't. I just, I do, I'm losing hope that I'm going to live long enough to see that happen because what I'm afraid of is that this perpetuates itself because we have white Americans that are saying, don't say anything. Do not say a word because if you do, look what happens to you if you say anything and, and the masses disagree with it. You will you will go the way of Drew Brees, and you will go the way of this one, that one, and the other one. So don't say anything. And the problem with not saying anything, Reggie, is it leads you to the point where we are right now. Like when you say to me sometimes, oh, people are just as racist. We just don't know it. Right? So I want to actually hear what people – we need dialogue, but I'm afraid white people are going to tell their kids, don't say anything. And then black parents are going to have to say to their children – you got to be careful. You got to you got to watch out for folks and you got to right namely white people. Do I had this conversation myself with our biracial nephew before we started school, Reggie. I was concerned for him, man. I had that black parent conversation with him where I was like, "Listen, man, dude, I'm so afraid you're going to get called names in this school. People are going to give you all kinds of grief." And you're going to have to be, dude, you're going to have to do what you got to do to not get yourself wrapped up and in trouble over that. You got to let me know, dude. And what, and what's frustrating sometimes, even though like it might've been a joke when I hear, when I see things like, oh, he's at a three and Reggie, you're at a 20. What, what strikes me in that moment is damn it. You don't know my story. You don't, you don't even know that I've had to have that conversation. You know what I mean? Like, we, we don't, I don't know, man. We just jump to conclusions. Like we have this sixth sense where we just know the the intent and the heart. Man, only Jesus knows that stuff, man. 
It's so I'm afraid I'm not going to live long enough to see that nonsense go away because we're perpetuating it. And actually it's like that writing reflex, Reggie, where we try to get people right for the best reasons. I think we're perpetuating some of that and we're doing it for the right reasons. Like I don't want my kids to post something, even if it's not from a bad place where it's going to get them totally crucified on the internet. I, I have to have that conversation with my nephew before he goes to school because it's in his best interest. You see what I'm saying? I want to make that situation work out, but I'm afraid in the end, I've lived both sides of that. Have a biracial kid I'm responsible for and having the kid that's... And let's face it, when you're biracial, I mean, you're black. That's the way the world's going to treat you. Pretty much. I mean, that... I mean, that's my perspective. I mean, hell, I hope I ain't in trouble for saying that, but that that's the way I see it. <laughs> and you know what? You 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 I'm need people. Huh? You're not gonna be in trouble for that. What you need people, I you need people. I just I'm a more speech type person. You need people that are gonna be willing to say what's on their mind as long as they're open to listening to the counter perspective and 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 meeting each other somewhere toward the middle, both in you, you and I, through our friendship, both of us, and we ain't going to talk about the ways because we're going to try to be good around comf- company and keep our reputations. Right. But, but both of us have moved toward each other on some issues. Yeah, That's, yeah, that is for sure, man. Cause we just, we go through this exercise all the time. All right. Well, wait, I, I, I want to say this. You said what you, what, what, what you're afraid of. I'll tell you what my hope is. What my hope is, is that the next time this happens and you can bet, it's probably going to happen again. The next time it happens, that when the protest starts, that them patriots that went to that Capitol and told them folks to reopen this thing so we can start making a living again, that those same patriots are standing right there with me. That, that they're the front wave. They're the front line when we it's time to protest. That they see that you you ain't got to sit there and feel sorry for me or feel my struggle. None of that. But you know what? Right is right and wrong is wrong. And you know salt from sugar. You know salt from sugar, doggone it. My hope is that the next time that them patriots that went to storm capital to, to speak for their freedoms will bring that same energy and them same rifles <laughs> to the next protest. And not in some violent tip, not in any way, shape or form. Do I mean that? But come and stand with us. And, and let your voice be heard. And even if you don't say nothing, be my megaphone. Let me speak through your presence. That's what I'm, that's my hope. I know it can happen. I, it did happen. You, when my son went to that protest, he told you about that, didn't he? Oh, yeah. There was many patriots out there, and I call them patriots, with their rifles in their hands, because that's what they call themselves, right? They With their rifles in their hands, walking with the protesters. And you know what happened. I ain't going to go into detail, but you, you, my son told you what he witnessed, and he talked to one of them men, too, didn't he? Mm-hmm. What happened? Tell us, Reggie, what happened? The cops kicked him out of the protest. Yep. So there was a moment there when those people, when, when, when everybody was together, literally. Man, that's why, how much did I harp on? I'm the white people out of the protest, even though they were supporting what the protesters were doing, not the riots, but the protests. I got. I've never, I've never seen our. I said last time, I've never seen our country more united around this issue until bricks started flying. I will be that right there with you, but I'm here to tell you, Reggie, 
if this happens up there in your neck of the woods, I'm headed to the house. We're going we go, we head to the house at, at, at nightfall when them bricks start flying and them crazy white folk come out called Antifa and whomever else they are. I'm out of there. <laughs> I'm getting too old for that. Hey, I'm gonna tell you if those same patriots were standing with us, I don't think it ever would have got there. If they weren't shuffled out of the conversation by the folks that were organizing or trying to build some restraint within, I mean, you know, trying to control that, if they were there the whole time, I don't know if we'd ever got to that. That's just my perspective. I could be wrong. Right? All right. So let me tell you what my what my uh, choices. choices are, and, and then we're going to wrap this up. Okay. Got- so what what choices do I have to meet my goal of I want to be part of the solution, but I don't want to be accused of being racist. And I've defined this problem as I feel hopeless because people are fighting and dying in the streets. And my risk reaction is to say something unhelpful. What are my choices and consequences in this situation? Well, choice number one, talk it through with Reggie. Choice number two, keep my thoughts to myself. And, uh, number three, uh, just share my thoughts with like the people in my own house. And, um, and I would say that ultimately, uh, my, those are three. Okay. I could go on, but those are three. Let's just keep it there. My choice that I would choose to get to my goal is actually kind of three and one and three talk it through with Reggie and share what my thoughts are with my family. There you go. Yeah. So that I think will have the, give me the best shot of being part of the solution, but not being called racist because you you ain't going to call me. Well, you might, I don't know, but I probably will. And then you'll just jump down my throat on the back end. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Right, right, right. All right, so my choices in this situation is just to shut up. Don't say anything. Another choice, stop going on the internet. Stop, 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 stop trolling. I don't really comment anything, but uh, stop searching for it. Because <laughs> if you look for it, you're going to find it. Another choice is I could just snap. I can go off and just become that guy who, when I get calls from, from friends who, who want to talk to me, I could become that 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 hostile, angry, like rage-filled person that's in me and just find ways to shame them and and, and put them down and, and and mess with them. Or, I mean, and then and my, my fourth one is that I could keep sending my message and realize what I can and can't control, but hold faith that ultimately we 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 have it in us to do this, to be better. So when I think about it, I'm going to do two and four. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near the internet anymore. Nowhere. I mean, I, I'm going to be on it, but like no more searching out uh, Ben Shapiro. I actually unfollowed him. You would, you might not believe I actually followed him. Um, I, I just, oh, I believe it. I, I follow all kinds of people that um, spew nonsense. The Mike gentleman. I'm, I'm just going to unfollow him. Oh, Michael Knowles. You're just going to unfollow the, the Daily Wire. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to unfollow... Well, actually, I can keep following. I'm just not going to open Twitter. I just like seeing people's... Uh, I just like to see what the other side's saying. I mean, 
At that meeting, that's why I do it. I, I really yeah. want to. I, I don't want to just hear what somebody told me they said. I want to hear it directly and make my own mm-hmm. assumption. Because sometimes they make some pretty cool points. I, I think, but in other times, like I told you, they're just pseudo intellectuals, right? But anyway, and and when it comes to the whole idea of um, like keep moving forward and keep speaking what I believe is going to bring us together and and have faith. That I'm gonna rock with that, and and so when my friends ask me what can I do. I, I mean, I, I'll tell you what you can do. I've t- said this on each show since this thing started. When you see something, say something. TSA, every biased and racist person, black or white, that you see, tell them we don't do that. That won't take us anywhere. If somebody tries to join in, I mean, bring you into their mess, like the dude at the DMV for you, just like you did, tell them, no, I don't get down like that. You can do whatever you want to do, but that ain't how I get down. And, and if all the people who I believe, at least my hope is, that exist, who aren't really on the fence about it, they just unsure until somebody shame them and then they start going up that spectrum a little bit. If all those people shut that down in, the, in their presence, when it happens, like I said, after a while, those people will realize how few they are. Because silence is, is, is tantamount to, to complicity, right? Uh, a lack of movement. I told you in, in Birmingham, uh, MLK's letter from the jail, from Birmingham jail, he said it, the biggest stumbling block are those well-meaning people who say they got my back, but uh, that lack action. And I'm just paraphrasing there. She said, I really think many of us that say we're on the opposite side, on the same side, and then someone or some group gets between us. Preach! Carrie. Carrie's right, because I, I was thinking today, Reggie, I think people would actually be shocked to know just how close you and I are on like almost everything. It's probably why we're such good friends. We are so, so close on everything. But there's times, there's even times on this podcast right here tonight, this live show where there might be something that I think is true that I could say, this is not going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. So I keep it to, I just keep it to myself. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's a skill that we got to also learn as well. Yes, sir. I don't. Have to, it's, it's like um, I encourage parents sometimes to stop riding their kids all the time. Everything they do, well, this needs to be a teachable moment. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Not every moment needs to be a teachable moment. You're just going to be a, looked at as a very rigid, annoying person if every moment has to be a teachable moment. Yeah. Just chillax every now and then. <laughs> Well, uh, you and I talked this morning at uh, <laughs> 9.26. We got on the phone. Do you know how long we talked this morning? I don't know because I had to work. Well, I have yesterday, an, yesterday. An hour and 32 minutes this mm-hmm. morning. And I want everyone to know that's not show prep. That <laughs> is actually a whole other version of the show that doesn't even get broadcast live. Yeah, because both of us want to keep our contracts yeah, could you imagine like if you and I were in, let's say, one of those uh, shows like uh, Big Brother or Survivor, any type of reality TV show, you and I were both in the house together. Ooh. Oh, man. Like one of us would get voted out quick. There'd, there'd oh, be people yeah. tired of hearing us. Uh, We'd be the first two off. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? We'd be the first two off. Now, here's the, here's the question. Which one of us would be the first one off? <laughs> I 
like that. Uh, that's a whole nother. Hey, if we talk, if we talk about that, then this thing will double in time. So we don't have time to talk about that. Hey, I do want everyone to know though, that Reggie and I are trying to find a way, especially after all the COVID-19 nonsense has calmed down. We're looking for a way uh, to get Reggie and uh, his lovely wife to come down and visit Chateau Small Talk in yeah. Inverness, Florida. And so when you come down, there's a couple of things I want to do. One of those things is I think it'd be so cool if we had like a coffee house sort of discussion live with people. I don't know. Maybe we could get four or five people there. I don't know. We'll see. And do the show live and and get people's feedback. I think that'd be pretty amazing. That would be cool. That, that would be cool. Yeah. And then all the people that come around town, uh, I see in town, and they're like, man, I really like the show, man. I really like that guy that you got on there with you, Reggie. Yeah, everyone would get an opportunity to meet you. We figured that'd be better than me trying to come to Minneapolis or wherever and have all of your friends and be like, hey, uh, what's with that guy, and why in the hell are you talking to him? What's wrong with that guy? So, yeah, we figured you'd get a little better reception. <laughs> so Carrie says, Carrie says that she's there. So, uh, listen, I really do appreciate, uh, Carrie and, and Jackie and Glenn and Chuck and Kyle all the way from the UK watching tonight and Jeff and whoever else is watching Reggie and I definitely appreciate it. One thing that you could do to help us out is, uh, click on the share button, share this with other folks and, uh, maybe other people will tune in and contribute to the conversation. Anyway, you look at it, Reggie. We have done more good. <laughs> <laughs> we have done more good. Go with it. Go with it. In 18 episodes than The View has ever done in its entire existence. All right. Just want to put that out there. I'm going to keep right. on saying it. Yeah. All right. And there's, Sh and there's Sh Shannon. Mark and Shannon. Appreciate you all paying attention. And I need to be well. Mark Elliott, is, uh, that is my role, dog, man. We work together. For about two and a half years in, in like semi administrative positions. And just that, that is a good man. I'm coming, Mark. I'm coming down there to, to Fort North, uh, what, 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 uh, South Fork, because he got this big old house on a bunch of land down in the country. I'm coming to South Fork, brother. South Fork, what's, what state is that in? Is that up there in Minnesota? Oh, yeah. Really, it's in Hastings, Minnesota, which is about 21 miles away, about 31 miles away from here. But uh, yeah, it, 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 He's done some. He's a cool dude. I had a hard time in my life, and of all the people who I thought was close with me, who I thought was down for me, that little rascal and he a little short rascal. I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna make him mad, but uh, he was the only one initially of any. It didn't matter what color they were, that reached out to me and stayed and and has done his best to maintain a relationship with me. And that was years ago. I mean, years. Seriously. And so, and by the way, he a white dude. <laughs> yeah, the the profile pic's a little small for where I'm at, but I was kind of gathering that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the thing about that is, good comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. And and really, if you open your heart, you'll find it. But if you if you want to find the other side, well, trust me, Reggie can prove to you because I spent about four and a half days finding every bit of negativity on the internet. And it ain't hard. It's like three clicks away. You know what I mean? So look, what are you focusing on? What do you want to do? And patriots, with your Second Amendment rights, 
at the next one, because you know it's going to be another one. <laughs> get there with us, man. Get there before us. We, 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 we'll tell you the agenda once we show up. You know what I mean? All right. I'll be there, and I'll bring some Patriots with me. I got three others right here in the house. Educate yourself, people. Learn about those around you, and not just from some liberal talking points or, or the, the minimal things of folks' cultures that you learn about the, the experience in, in our country. And, and just let that guide your path, your path. Are you done yet, man? Jeez, no, be quiet. Right. <laughs> all right, we're out of here. Yes, sir.